and welcome to episode 60 of Unlicensed Entertainment. I'm your host, Carl Entner. With me today is a special guest, my good friend for many years, Tyler Michael Johnson. Hey, Taylor, how are you doing today? Doing well. It's good to see you, Carl. Thank you. to talk to you. It's been a while. It's been a I think the last time I talked to you was on my last podcast that you said I've called Unlicensed uh, Film Reviewers. I don't think I've actually really talked to you since then. And it's hard. You moved away. You left me. Yeah, I did. I, you know, that's on me, and and I apologize. This this can this can be the public acknowledgement of, of fault on my. Part. That's all I really wanted. Uh, the show's over. That's all. I just wanted to get that in recording. Uh, <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs> anyway, so for those of you who are before we go too much into Tyler, which we will do an interview in just a second, I wanted to explain why the show's been very erratic in the past. Well, since the beginning of the year, pretty much. So. You guys all know that I lost, I was laid off at my job that I was at for about 11 years back in November. And then I finally got a new job. And now I got another job that I'm going to be putting my two weeks of the job I'm at right now very soon. And then starting up another job at the end of May. So that's all chaotic. Plus, I just found out Tasha and I have been trying for about a year. We are going to have our first kid in August if everything goes according to plan. And so, you know, that's taken up a lot of time. You would think. At least I thought that, you know, before the baby's born, not much changes. Your life's pretty much coasting the same as it ever was. But it's been so chaotic <laughs> since the announcement. Uh, my priorities on doing a fun podcast that I pay to do that 10 people listen to hasn't been that high. <laughs> you know what that's well, like, Tyler. Uh, you I'm, have you have I'm, a couple I'm, kids. I'm sorry. I just I just I just had to laugh at that because. Because I know all too well. Uh, yes, uh, you 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 think oh from from now till then I'll just have this I'll I'll have this time to prepare myself and get ready and everything will be just you know relatively chill and, and we'll just kind of get ready and prepare and relax and yeah, no no my friend I'm I'm sorry that's that's not necessarily how it goes yeah this so this thing's gonna be a lot more erratic than it used to be I still want to do it I love podcasting I love talking about geek things. But, like, I'm recording this in what is my future daughter's room, so, like, I'm going to have to find a new place to record. It's a, it's a whole different thing, but it's very exciting. Uh, her name's, by the way, I'm just going to put it out there because I finally found out I'm allowed to say it. Her name's going to be Sydney, named after where my wife and I had her honeymoon. So it's very exciting. We're really happy about it. But that's enough about me. I just want everyone to know what's going Congratulations, on. Congratulations, Carl. Thank Congratulations, you. Thank Tasha. you so much. I love you guys. Congratulations. I'm really, really, really happy for you guys. Well, I mean, Congratulations. I, I, I thank you so much. It means a lot coming from you. You you are, uh, I mean, we're not going to go into it too much, but I don't want to go into a little bit later about the fact that you are a father of girls. So, you know, uh, yeah. you're experiencing this thing, but we'll go into the reason why that's important later. First, I just want to establish, uh, know each other for Probably like 16 years now, I think. Yeah. Because I knew you a little longer yeah, than my yeah. wife, which is insane. Uh, right. And we knew we met each other through acting class. Uh, we basically yep. just did a bunch of acting things together, did some plays. And when I knew you, you were the only person I've ever met. Like everyone wanted to be a famous actor. Not a famous actor, a working actor, I'd say is more fair. Right. Famous sounds right. kind of greedy. I didn't really, I don't think you or I were ever about like, I just want people to come up to me in the street and love me. It's all about I like doing if anything, it. If anything, honestly, I don't think I would have been terribly happy if that would have happened because that seems a little, I don't know, doesn't seem like a very fun lifestyle either, personally. Well, but, yeah, we're both. I, but you want to be a you want to be a working, respected actor. Yes. You want to be someone that, that, that gets to do work that you enjoy, but not necessarily being the paparazzi. No. You know, 
spotlight kind of a not that no i think you and i are both kind of like people don't people a lot of people think if you're want to be an actor you're an extrovert party guy i don't think either one of us are those people we like the attention from doing a good job but once we're off stage it's kind of like i don't want to be at a party i just want to go home and read a book that is 100 percent accurate but so yep. what I was going into was that you were the only person I knew that was really going out there and auditioning for real things. Now I'm sure there are other people out there that were, but for the most part, most of my buddies were just doing improv comedy out in Orange County and weren't really doing any right. of the real stuff. But you actually went out and tried out for commercials, TV shows, movies. I think you even did some extra work. Uh, do you have any mm-hmm. good stories about what it was like to be actually trying out there for to make it in the industry? Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy thing. It really is. Um, I met a lot of really cool people. And I mean, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest with myself, even, you know, I don't, I don't think I was ever really in the mental headspace to ever truly do what, what was ultimately necessary. I don't, I don't mean that in the sense of, I didn't want to do the work or Mm -hmm. I didn't want to act or I didn't, I didn't, but just, the way that you have to go about it out there, I don't think that that was ever really where 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 my heart was kind of at, and so I ended up, you know, going out for some for some cool stuff and doing a couple pretty neat projects and things, and you know, ended up, um, you know, working with some really interesting people, uh, some people that you would even have have you know heard of that I got to go and do little like one two day film shoots with or. Um, people that I still keep in touch with to this day who I worked with on, you know, short films or this or that who were just, you know, uh, you know, stars of like a triple A video game or, or you know, um, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So I apologize. I have to take this. Okay. Sorry. We had to stop for a second uh, for some personal stuff. Uh, you were talking about how you're working with a lot of great people and stuff like that. What I wanted to know yeah. uh, is if you don't mind if I redirect you. Uh, is yeah. what is it like actually going into one of those audition processes? Because like I said, I've only done like local theater or school theater, which in the, really sure, doesn't matter. Sure. Uh, what is it like when you go in, you book an audition, you're ready to go in there, and then you walk in the door, what is it like? A lot of times, some of the shows that you'll watch on TV that will kind of dramatize that process, a lot of the times they actually get it pretty accurately because because I feel like they're so familiar with that process in the industry. Hollywood loves writing about Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, You know, there have been a few times that I've gone into audition for something, uh, particularly if it happens to be like a student prop, like, you know, like a student film or, you know, just a smaller low budget project or something where you'll have casting there obviously but you'll have say the director or the writer there on the first day right no this isn't like your second or third callback you know to to universal or whatever you know this yeah. is the, the first time you sit down there and you'll have the writer or the director which doesn't happen on, on bigger projects no a lot of times then what'll happen is is that instead of going in and sitting down and, and slating your name and saying what agency you're with and then just reading your lines with with a, with an acting partner who is who's probably an absolutely horrible actor because that's not what that's that's not their job it's just a person reading the lines and, and it feels like you're talking to a to a brick wall most of the time um but 
it's really cool when you get an opportunity to have the writer or the director or someone like that actually in the in in the process because it shows that they really care about trying to get this role correct and they're willing to see a whole bunch of people a lot of them who probably will be wildly far off from what they want this early in the process but they sit there anyways and there's been a couple times where i've sat and and had some directors give like really interesting cool notes and be like hey okay i really like the way you but you know hey what do you think about similarly you know carl to how it would be when we're working on a, a you know a scene in theater and so there have been a couple times where it's where it's where it's where it's actually where it's it's actually been more than that stereotypical say your name say you know drink diet coke <laughs> you know and then you're done right and you know okay smile okay turn turn to the side let me see your profile smile okay bye you know a lot of times it kind of is that kind of thing and, i think something people don't sucks. realize it's no fun it's horrible it's the worst thing I think but so, it's not always that way. I think something a lot of people don't realize, uh, acting versus every other job out there, most people hate when they're getting notes on their work. Like if you're at your job, someone goes like, I don't like the way you're doing this, do it that way. Most people get very defensive. Actors are the only ones who go like, can you give me some notes? Like it mm-hmm. actually makes you feel good if you mm-hmm. get some direction in there. So yeah, that, that does make sense. So uh, is, it in- is it as intimidating as it looks like when you walk into the hallway or wherever it is and you see like, 15, 20 people that look just like you going for the same role? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of funny. Sometimes you'll start to recognize a lot of the people who go out for the same sorts of things that you get sent out for. You know, typically people that are, you know, similar builds, similar hair, similar heights, you know, like similar, you know, demographically to you. And you'll notice you'll see these people, you know, several times over the course of a month or whatever. And, and, and that's always kind of fun. Cause you start to, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to say you, you, you build friendships that way, you know, but you know, you get to know people and it's, and it's just kind of fun just kind of seeing all the same people at all these things and everybody just kind of chatting about the audition from two weeks ago and how this person would did that and that. And it would be weird to build, stuff, it would be weird to build friendships that way. If you have a whole group of people that look just like you yeah. hanging out together. Yeah. 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 But I mean, um, you know, it is, it is intimidating. I mean, I think maybe that was one of my, uh, you know, I, I wish I could have been one of those people who could walk into a room like that and feel no sense of intimidation, feel complete confidence in myself, not, not, not overconfidence, not like, Oh, I'm, I'm the best thing ever, you know, but just confidence. Right. Um, you know, no self doubts, no reservations about, you know, my 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 deserving to be there or not nothing like that um but i was just never one of those types of people who just walks into one of those rooms and is just like oh i'm gonna knock all these people out of the wall you know like nobody here stands a chance and i'm the best thing since sliced bread you do get some of those types of people but most of the people there are probably freaked out just as much as you are about trying to book a job did you ever have one that you were like okay i did the best audition of my life and then never heard from them again Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is, is, you don't necessarily know what they're looking for. And that's the that's that's ultimately one of the more frustrating things um, about about acting, especially like film or television acting. You know, at least if it's you know, if it's if it's if it's in the theater, you have a, a pretty good idea through that process of of, of what they're looking. You know, I mean, yeah. you know. 
you know what they're looking for generally and and the audition process is a little bit different so um if you don't get it it's not because you know you're not sitting there going why why didn't i get it necessarily but in film and tv i mean you could go in there and give the best read of your life i mean you could you could leave the casting directors and the camera operator filming your audition in tears sobbing uh you know people just weeping as you're walking out of the room and 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 it doesn't matter you know like if if for whatever just silly reason a a, a, a a person at a studio or or just one person in in the decision making process goes eh, i i just want this other person because of x y or z that's it it doesn't matter if if it was the best performance that you've ever given it doesn't matter if if you give a better performance than the the person who ultimately gets the part gives do you track because that they perhaps got it, it well because because they perhaps got the part for financial reasons, for, you know, like, I mean, think about the giant swing in the last 10, 15 years of very, very talented voice actors getting pushed out of doing a lot of animated film. And almost and not, nobody, not, not as, not, almost not nobody, yeah, almost, TV, but. almost nobody in animated animation at all, except for like maybe like some more niche stuff, is not a famous yeah. name anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, are you trying to tell me that some of, you know, that the, uh, you know, D. Bradley Bakers of the world or the, you know, Patrick Warburtons of the world or or the, you know, Jim Cummings of the world, those those kinds of guys who, who, who've been doing hundreds of the most famous voices in the world for 30, 40, you know, are you telling me those guys couldn't do a better job animating a character in a, in a film than, than Brad Pitt? Brad you Pitt know, doing like, a Brad Pitt voice and sounding just like Brad right, Pitt. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Of course they could. Of course they could. And that's not even a knock against Brad Pitt as an actor, for example. I'm not even saying that that is an indicator of his acting ability. It's just they're better at that medium at, yes. at, at voicing a, 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 a animated character. They just give it more life. It's just better, but they don't get the jobs because people aren't going to, Oh, let's go see the, the movie about the, the dog with Brad Pitt in it. You know, like yeah. they don't generate that. And it's, and it's sad, but that's the way it works. Uh, what is a, have you ever had an experience where like, what's the, just give me one example of a time where you did it and you thought, oh man, I did the worst audition of my life. Do you have any of those in there? Or do you just always do good auditions? I could be wrong. No, I I, I, I hated auditioning. I hated it. I mean, you know, you and I have, have, have done some audition stuff together, like for theater. Yes. Right? And in 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 that process, it's it's just a whole different vibe and experience and and, and, and it's a much more creative and a much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Collaborative yes. process between you and the director and your scene partners. Whereas in a film or TV thing, especially if it's, you know, for like a commercial or something and you're talking about a bank or, a, you know, whatever, right? You know, you're talking about Diet Coke, you're talking about whatever, you know, you're not acting off of another person the people in there don't don't really care how how you know all they're looking for is you know 
a, a specific attribute about how you look. Can you say the lines remotely well? You know, do you have straight, straight teeth? Um, like those are the things that they're kind of looking for. And so a lot of times you go into those rooms and, and it's, it's really, really hard to go into them and, and have that attitude of like, Oh yeah, I'm going to nail this because you go in there and just go like, God, this just feels so silly sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, let's I've go had, stack some invisible boxes or something out. like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, ultimately I think, I think that's why I kind of came to the decision that, that I vastly preferred performing on stage and doing voice work to trying to pursue film and television, you know, you know, because, because to me performing on stage, um, or, or, you know, performing in a vocal booth and, and, and giving life to something that way is just a lot more, it's a lot more fulfilling. I don't know. I just, I just prefer it. So it's also, uh, something you could, and the, 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 for a podcaster, I can't talk well. In this day and age of YouTube channels and self-creators and stuff like that, it is a much easier yeah. way to break into that kind of thing if you have your own, like, like I'm looking at you, you have a much more professional setup than I have. Uh, you could you be, be can be a go-getter and kind of do your own thing from the comfort of your own home and get content out there that people will gravitate towards as long as you make good stuff and promote it the right way, which I do not know how to promote shit the right way. But it's a... Uh, very impressive and hard but yeah it works for you yeah 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 i mean some of my you know if you're talking about you know like online creators on youtube or whatever some of my absolute favorite creators and i'm not even talking about just necessarily guys who do kind of like glorified video podcasts but like actual people who create skits or, or yes. actual pieces of content are are just people who are using green screens in in their little office and just editing little funny clips to you know like like some of my absolute favorite youtubers are are people who you know that's really all that they're doing uh, it's just that they're incredibly talented and funny yes. so the content they put out is is great i mean like my personal favorite YouTuber probably, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but is Ryan George. I was going to say Ryan George. Pitch meetings. I was literally yeah. going to say Ryan George yeah. after, but I got my turn for my example. That's crazy. Love that guy. Yeah. 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 So like, you know, for, for example, right. Ryan George doesn't, doesn't have this massive uh, production element behind him. Um, but the stuff that he does is, is hilarious and he's incredibly good at it. And uh, he deserves every single view that he gets, you know, and then some because it's just it's 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 hysterical. I mean, like my, you know, 10 year old comes home from school some days and just is just like, Dad, we got to put the check and we'll just turn them on and just go through them all just straight through. Like, I found him about two months ago and watched every uh, the first man to ever and every episode of pitch yep. meeting in like two weeks. He's amazing. Yep. It's just him talking to himself. And, yep. but he changes Just it up because sometimes he's wearing glasses. Sometimes he has a funny mustache over his beard. It's a, uh, over his real mustache. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, it's very <laughs> cheaply done, but he does them so well that it does feel like a real conversation. Yeah. He is, he is the only YouTuber that I willingly watch their ad reads because his ad reads are great. So the astronaut. So because yeah, yeah. Hey, it's me, the astronaut, and he's just this astronaut floating in space, saying ridiculous things with his little alien friend of uh, you know Flim Flimflorp or whatever his name is, something like that. Um, 
it's it's just the best and 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 stuff like that people who can come out with ideas and content like that have a good comedic mind or a good dramatic mind or a good whatever you know whatever it is you're aiming for but and can make content like that do it consistently and 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 grow over time i mean man that really is kind of the way of the future and i don't know i think it's i think it's great and it's and it's great for us too because we can enjoy it it's so accessible too you know so so uh before we end this segment on, on this thing, I do want to go into one thing that I think about with you every time I see this actor is there is one role that I, I associate you with because to my knowledge, yeah. it's the closest you got to a big thing is that you almost yep. got the lead role in Aragon, which is not a great movie, <laughs> but the actor <laughs> in that movie has done phenomenally well. Yeah. So what was that? What's that like for you to, to see a guy who actually made it or what was any, any stories along the way uh, that's interesting yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, not, perhaps this is a little bit like, a, well, you know, I'm from the Midwest. So let me use like a, you know, fisherman's uh, analogy here, but you know, maybe it's, it's kind of like, you know, when a, when a fisherman tells a story, you know, one year the fish was, you know, 12 inches long, the next year it was 18 inches long, the next year it was, you know, 36 inches long. So perhaps um, my, my how, how close I was to getting the role of Aragon. So know, he didn't I, slash I, your I, tires I, as you're going to the studio to accept the role? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I cannot say with any degree of, of certainty how, how close I was or wasn't. Um, but I do know that I was, I was called in and I read and, you know, called back and, and, you know, I was, I was going through some of the process. I was going through the process. I know that much. Yes. And, um, and I felt good about it. And, and, you know, it, it was one of the first big things. Well, I mean, it was certainly the biggest thing that I, that I ultimately ever kind of, you know, was up for. And when I went out for it, uh, you know, I took it really seriously. I had enough time that I was able to, you know, get the book and read it ahead of time and, you know, enjoyed it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's kind of my, you know, type of, uh, type of content anyways. Um, you know, you know, was able to get into it and, uh, you know, really, you know, gave it all I had now, you know, thinking about it now, uh, if I could go back and, and redo my audition with, with, with the chops and the knowledge I have all these years later, do I think I could do better? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if I saw my audition tape right now, I would be just cringing and just thinking, oh my goodness, how could I have conceivably thought that was any good? Um, but you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's life, but it was, but it was such a weird experience because, you know, you and I, <laughs> back when we saw each other all the time, you know, you like, we always joked about this. We had a lot of other friends we would sit and joke about, like we went and saw the movie together. Yeah. It's awful. You were there, you were there with me. Yeah, when, I was. You know, like the night it came out. And it was this big joke because we're just like, everyone's like, hey, we're going to go see Tyler's movie, right? Hey, okay. And, and, and it was just, and it was just bad. And, and so there's this guy playing Aragon, Ed Spaliers, right? And, and uh, he wasn't terrible in the movie, you know. He wasn't he good wasn't, either. He, he At wasn't that time. given much to, I mean. True. To True. be fair, he, he was not given much at all to work with, but he was still very, very rough around the edges as an actor. You know, certainly could have been much worse, but it, but it wasn't like he elevated his material necessarily. No. Um, but, uh, you know, 
I remember a couple of years going by, going by, and not really hearing much about that guy after that. And I remember thinking to myself a couple of times, I'm just like, you know, man, maybe I, maybe I like, maybe I dodged a bullet, you know, like, yeah, you know, that guy got, you know, one really, you know, really good payday and, and, you know, was in some, you know, was in the, was in some magazines for a couple months and was a big deal on the internet for a little while. But, you know, then the movie was terrible and I, he hasn't really done anything yet. You know, so maybe I kind of like, you know, avoided getting typecast into the guy who, who was in a, a fantasy movie that was terrible and or never did anything else. To get again. that close and then not really make it, I think would hurt a lot. Right. 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 And and, and so, you know, I thought that a lot of time. Now, I didn't actually feel that way. Um, <laughs> no, but of course the not. Thought crossed my mind. Yes. You know. Um, but then, you know, a number of years later, I mean, gosh, this is so long ago now, but you know, a number of years later, he, he started popping up in a couple of things. Yeah. And Solomon Downton Abbey. First, yeah. Downton Abbey. And then, and then, um, he was, he was, he was really good in Downton Abbey. Yeah. And I remember, uh, because I was a big Downton Abbey fan and I remember when it first came out and I saw that he was, you know, being cast, I had that kind of like weird feeling. I was just like, there's, there's this weird part of me that that almost had that kind of like man you know yeah like you know maybe just maybe that that guy's the i mean now granted i'm not british yeah i know that that's the only thing that hurts him still in your career he's always always british yeah i could have been on downton abbey no um man you know you know that guy had maybe kind of the trajectory that maybe if things would have went a little differently maybe i could have kind of had you know yeah, sure. Like I had those thoughts for like 10 seconds and then I got over it and I go, Oh, cool. The Aragon guy is getting, getting some work. You know, like, I hope it's, it's good. And then he ended up doing really well on it. And I was like, all right. And I, and, and I started rooting for the guy, you know, because I don't know, I just, I just felt this weird bond to him in, 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 in this bizarre way. Um, so you're cool and, with, uh, even though he's now playing the son to your hero. Oh, because well, you could be, right. I mean, spoiler alert for work, talking about yeah. the end of the show, he's Picard's yeah, yeah. son. That could yeah. be your dad. Yeah, 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 he did, he did Downton Abbey, which is an awesome, awesome show. He played an amazing villain in Outlander. He was, um, he was amazing in that show. I don't remember um, him being in there. And then he, yeah, he, yeah, he was, he was in the fourth, fourth or something season of Outlander. I, um, but he played a really, really, really great villain. Uh, in Outlander and and then he got cast in Picard and and you know like a part uh, it could it could go two ways right a part of me could be like oh man oh you know like how cool would it be to be that guy that got to play Jean-Luc Picard's son but at the same time more than anything I was just like oh this is this is really really cool because it's this guy that I had this kind of very very incredibly faint yes. link to but 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 one that to me means something it doesn't mean something to anybody else but definitely it doesn't mean anything to, me. to him right no it means nothing to him he has no idea who I am um but but to to see him find success and then to go on and be cast in something so important, I, I thought was really cool. And, and the fact that it was so well received, uh, you know, I, I think is great. And we will it's go great. more into really that happy. around the end of the show. Cause I do want to talk yeah. about Picard. Uh, but before we get off the interview portion of the show, I wanted to ask you as a, we're going to get off your, uh, additions and stuff like that. Thank you for going mm-hmm. into that. Uh, you are a father of, of girls, like I mentioned, 
And something I'm mm-hmm. worried about as soon to be a father of a girl is that I think it's very important that my kid learn about Star Trek and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings yeah. and all, you know, important stuff, culture. Oh, uh, absolutely. When did you start and how did you introduce your kids to those worlds? Because I worry about doing yeah. it too soon and just them not getting it and then never going again. Right, right, right. So, so okay, just to just to give everybody listening some context i you know i mean i have i have ultimately three of my four children have at least a first or middle name that's based off a tolkien character uh i have one child based off of the game of thrones character and um one who has a first name based off of a doctor who character so like that's my that's my that's my geek dad uh you know credential risky Um, by the way with the name them after game of thrones character because he did not know where they're going to go with those characters, but it turned out okay. Oh, but, oh, but I picked a good one though. You did. So, you know, I'm just saying that's yeah. risky. You, it, it yeah, worked. Yeah, no, it went I, fine. I, yeah, yeah. I named my daughter Khaleesi, um, <laughs> and I'm really happy about a it. A lot of people yeah. really did do that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> so, um, so, sorry. What was I talking about? I got, I got tripped up on the fact that there's actually people named Khaleesi out there. Uh, you're talking about, uh, you, you brought up their name just to tell us how your geek world is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is super important to me because, you know, it's one of those things, right? Like, uh, you know, sports are really important to me. Uh, film and TV is really important to me. You know, books are really important to me. Um, you know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings guy. I'm a huge Star Wars guy. I'm a big Star Trek guy. I'm a, you know, all of this kind of stuff. I'm a big Marvel guy, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, those things are all important to me, important enough that they mean enough to me in my life that they, that they have relevance to me on a daily basis, you know? And, um, but it's one of those things where you want to be careful, uh, what you introduce and when you introduce it. But I mean, like, for example, um, my second oldest daughter, uh, you know, she ended up really gravitating towards the Hulk when she was just a little kid. You know, she was just a, like a couple, a couple, two, three, four years old, and she just really loved Hulk, her, her Hulk smash or her Hulky, as she'd call him. You know, and so even if we had to go and get her some, some toys or a couple shirts or something that was from the, you know, from the boys section or whatever, uh, you know, to let her, you know, it made her happy. And how she did loved she get, all her little Hulk stuff. But how did she get introduced to the Hulk? That's my thing. Like, I'm afraid of, like, turning it on and, like, maybe it's too violent too early or maybe it's fine. I don't know. I'm worried about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the thing with a lot of those types of things is that nowadays there does tend to be quite a bit of stuff available that is kid-centric that you can go to, you know? That mm-hmm. it that it – it's not like – I mean – of course, if you're a big Game of Thrones fan, there's no way that you can introduce your kid to any of <laughs> no. them. You know, like, you know, like there's, there's, there's nothing you can do. You just have nothing. So you don't but, want to introduce them to sibling love when they're very young in yeah, Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, episode. Yeah, no. But uh, you know, if you're, you know, if you're into, you know, Star Wars, or if you're into, you know, you know, superheroes. Yeah, a, a lot of it is more mature. Sure. But they also have a lot of kid friendly versions of things and and books and and little coloring sets and activities and toys and all that kind of stuff and that does get them engaged at at an you know earlier age i mean you know 
<laughs> my 10 year old for her, I, I forget which birthday it was like fourth, third, fourth, fifth, something. Uh, she at the time, you know, was, 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 in, was in love with the Hulk and also, uh, Sophia the first, which is a, which is a, which was a Disney junior show, right? Um, I can still hear the theme song in my head now, just, just saying Sophia the first. So it's just, you know, one of the 10 or 15 different Disney, Disney junior shows that they'd be watching along with, you know, Doc McStuffins and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and all these ridiculous things that, that I actually miss now that they're, now that they're mm -hmm. not on the TV anymore. But, um, so she was so into these two things that we ended up making her for her birthday party, a Hulk. This was at her request. A Hulk smashes Sophia the first birthday party. Now, uh, I, I I realize not how that how that sounds, but you have to imagine it coming from like a, a little kid. Yeah. Right? So 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 we basically made this like princessy cake, right? It's all pretty flowery cake, but then it was it was torn to bits in the middle, and there was a big giant plastic Hulk, you know, sm smashing the cake from the middle. And then we went and we got like a Sophia the first poster and put it on the wall, but like punched the hole through the middle of it and then got a, a, a big Hulk picture and put it behind the hole so that it looked like he was popping out of it. You know, like that's creative. little things like that. It, 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 it's, it's kind of a way of taking something that might be like your kind of, this is my dad thing, but putting some of the kid elements with it that, that makes them feel safer with it. Maybe, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. That's what's fun, too. Okay, so uh, now we're going to move on to the next segment. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, my segment called Entertainment Thoughts, which uh, is not a great name for a segment, but I can't think of a better name to explain this than it's my thoughts on when I take in entertainment. Uh, so, mm. uh, so this is not a review of the shows. I'm going to bring up the things that give me the examples for them, and then I'm going to extrapolate okay. off of that. So I've been going through... Uh, yeah that 70s show recently again, just because I I hate the idea of that 90s show, but there's a part of me that's like, I should probably check it out, even though a lot of the old mm. cast is problematic. But I'm going through uh, that 70s show to prepare for it. And something I noticed that really bugged me, and you might actually get, be able to give some thoughts on this as an already parent, is that they all hang out at Eric Foreman's house, even when Eric Foreman, the main character, isn't there. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not really cool with the idea of a bunch of kids hanging out at my house if my kid's not there. Do, would you ever let kids hang out at your house if your kids aren't there? It's funny you mention it, Carl. <laughs> um, my, my my house tends to be kind of the neighborhood hangout for, I mean, you know, because I've got four girls and there are a lot of, of similarly aged kids in the neighborhood and our house tends to kind of be the like hangout spot for them where they kind of meet and hang out and do stuff and they know they're always welcome and all that kind of thing there have been a couple times and it's kind of funny where i've just gotten a random you know doorbell ring or a knock on the door and i'll open the door and it'll be one of the kids i'll say hi how's it going and you know and, and and they'll ask if one of my daughters is here and i'll say oh no sorry she's she's at you know dance class or whatever she'll be back in you know 20 or 30 minutes and, 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 and there's that kind of weird moment of where they're just like, oh, well, should I just come back later? And I'm like, well, I mean, if you want to stay and hang out, like you can, but I don't really, it'd be kind of boring. Like none of the other girls are here either. So it's just, you know, it's, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just grown up here right now. You know, I get um, that a and, little bit. And, and then they kind of go, oh, okay. 
See, that's fine if, like, they're going to be back soon, but they're, like, episodes where Eric's at work. He has a job at Price Mart, and then all the kids are in the basement. It's like, he's not going to be back anytime soon. Why are you guys there? Get out of my yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, my oldest is 12. And so, but I think once they were at an age where maybe they were able to have themselves or friends who could drive around or something like that, it would make a little bit it would it would make a little bit of sense to me maybe if they were to have a friend or something who came over and just hung out and they weren't there if they had plans later and and they were just waiting you know like yeah but but when they're little kids i don't i don't think it i don't know it, it feels weird to me too but maybe when they're older like like in that 70s show i i guess at that point you just kind of throw up your hands and say, yeah, they're just going to do whatever they're going to do, I guess. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're an easygoing guy. Considering that show is about, like, the dad is supposed to be a scary dad everyone's afraid of, and right. he's like, yeah, cool, right. hang out at my house. That's fine. I have no problem with right. that. Right. Kind of contradicts the whole right. character. <laughs> uh, okay. I've been uh, reading a lot of... I, I have this uh, app called Marvel Unlimited, so I just read a shit ton of comics now. And uh, I was yeah. reading a Captain America Iron Man crossover recently. And in this comic, I noticed that Iron Man has full-on abs on his costume. And I'm like, he made mm. that costume. That's iron. Why does Iron Man have abs? That is a pure vanity. I, I don't have abs, but if I had Iron Man's ability, I could give myself abs. It's not impressive to have iron abs. It really just makes you seem really conceited. Am I wrong? No, no, you're definitely not wrong. I mean, over the years, I've actually known some people who are really big into the, um, I don't want to say like cosplay, but but the like uh, LARPing community, you know, like okay. people who, who get on like full like armor and regalia and they go and they have these big like battles. Yes, I've seen like that, that in movies. Like the real world. Yeah, yeah. And... I've known some people who are really serious about like armoring and that kind of stuff, like, like Smiths, like actual Smiths and things, um, really talented people. And I have heard some, some of my friends go on some massive rants, especially about like, you know, how female medieval armor is depicted with just having just massive busts all, yeah. you know, all the time. And, 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 and just, and just talking about like how, how impractical it is, how many internal injuries would be caused if any of, you know, these, these people were to be hit in certain ways on this armor and that in real life, nothing would look like that at all. Like everything that, that, that in a, in a film or a comic that on, on iron armor that makes your physique look improved probably would just lead to the armor being less effective like almost every single yeah. time it's it's totally a vanity project and it's and it's ridiculous looking that reminds me uh check out this youtube channel called viva la dirt league it's new zealand uh, sketch comedy group or you already know about them i love i i love viva la dirt league okay so they have yeah. a they have a fantasy like role-playing game world that they have in there and the woman that wants to get yeah. armor every time she gets it it's just barely a bikini and it's exactly that yeah. thing you're talking yeah. about yeah Exactly. Yep. All right. I read an article recently because uh, I, I heard this before, but I want to get the exact year. And I, I disagree with this completely. I want to know your thoughts. They say your music taste is cemented at age 14. And I just so disagree with that because if my music taste cemented when I was age 14, I'd be listening to Limp Biscuit and Will Smith and, 
and a bunch of pop punk bands like Sugar Cult. Or like, I don't listen to any of that stuff anymore. Do you agree? Is your, has your music taste stayed stagnant? Or do you think, like mine, I feel like every year I'm, I'm evolving to a new taste because I get bored with what I used to listen to. Like when I met you, I was pretty much all metal. I rarely listen to metal yeah. anymore. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that seems like a weird thing to say. I don't, I don't, I don't think I agree with, I mean, I guess I kind of see where they're going with that. And like, you kind of get set in a, in a certain pattern of, of listening habits and, and maybe you don't deviate from that too much, but, but I don't, I don't think that that's true at all. I mean, it might've been back in the day like with you, like back mine's, in the- mine's completely different. Back in the day, I think before, like, you had streaming services and all of this music that was available, you find something you like and you stuck with it because you had to pay for every single new artist that. that you had to check out. But nowadays, I have you Spotify. Know, that makes a lot of sense. Spotify, I just go from genre to genre and find something that I like and stick with there for a few months. I found, and this definitely wouldn't be your thing, but I found something called Satanic Doo-Wop, which is, like, old-fashioned, like, doo-wop music, but evil <laughs> lyrics. I'm like, I'm loving this. It's, and then I'm listening, then the next week I'm listening to Hugh Laurie do some blues. It's I'm all over the place. Sure. But I don't think you no, could do that no, and take I, those risks back then yeah. that you could now. Yeah. No, that's actually a good point. I didn't even think of that. But I think you're 100% right. I think that's actually exactly the reason. Because now it removes the barrier to just checking out whatever. So before, you heard something you liked, you checked it out you listen to a few other similar things. You're like, yeah, this is what I like. You consumed that content and that was what you listened to unless you just happened upon another thing you liked and then you went down that rabbit hole. But yeah, now you can just, you know, the world's your oyster. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right. And my, my next one is kind of, these are two going to kind of roll together is I wanted to go see mm-hmm. two movies this week. But both of them are too freaking long for me to commit to. I wanted to go see John Wick 4. I still haven't seen it. I like that series a lot. And then oh. I wanted to see Bo is Afraid because Ari Aster makes amazing movies. Both of them are in the three-hour yeah. range. And it is so hard for me to commit to that. Do you have the same thing? Or do you, do you not care about movie length? I... Hmm. I don't care about... I mean, now, granted, The Lord of the Rings are my favorite films True. of all okay. time. And you watch the extended and... versions. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, I own several copies of the theatrical cuts, but cause I collect them, but I, but I, but I don't ever watch them anymore. I've um, never seen the extended. It's too long. Oh <laughs> no. I mean, my, my two older girls, uh, and actually my younger ones this year want to do it too. Uh, cause half of them are named after these characters. So they want to see it. Um, and, and they're pretty mature for their age. So, and they've, they've watched stuff that's frankly, you know, probably scarier than Lord of the Rings at this point. But uh, usually every summer I'll do a day where I just marathon all three of them. It's about a 12, 12 and a half hour thing. Um, but I, but I do that at least once a year. Okay. So I, and I... no, no, I mean, I, I, I like longer, like John Wick four was phenomenal you should absolutely i really want to see it anything more you should absolutely see it now avatar 2 that was way too long that was was, and i did see that freaking long i did see that that was awful i didn't hate it as much as i thought i was gonna hate it but it was way too long but john wick 4 was Perfect. Well, I mean, there are movies that are three hours long that I like a lot. Like, I'm a, my favorite Marvel movie is probably Infinity War, 
and that movie's very long. Yeah. It just has to yeah. has to flow a certain way. It's just the idea of sitting down for that long for a movie. It's hard to get past that. I bought the movie uh, The Green Mile. Yeah. I had read the book. I loved the book, so I yep. bought the movie on DVD back when people bought DVDs. And it sat in yep. my house for probably six years before I watched it because it was over three hours long. It's like I just couldn't put aside that much time. But the Green Mile's over three hours yes, long? Yes. It's a very long movie. Oh, wow. I don't remember that. I love that it's movie. It's a really good – once I watched it, it was very good and it didn't seem like three yeah, hours. excellent. But uh, oh. I have a solution. One of the biggest problems, especially for me going to movie theaters to go see one of those movies, is I have the bladder of a nine-month pregnant woman. I need to go to the restroom all the oh, freaking time. I hear you. I even have an app called Run P, which uh, gives you like the time in a movie. You can stop the movie where you can leave and it summarizes what's going on during mm-hmm. that time. But I don't think that's good enough. I have a new invention that movie theaters should have. And I, I actually think it's a realistic okay. idea to make this better. Instead of reading synopsises like that app does where you're having to remember people's names. I don't remember anybody's names. I hardly know your name. I've known you no. for 16 years. Uh, right. Link up. I, I, you know, I buy my tickets through the AMC movie app. They should have a link up to there where it gives like a five-minute spurt where it will play the movie on your phone while you're leaving to go to the restroom. So you're actually watching the movie while you go and then come back in. So you're not missing anything. I think movie theaters can do this. I think it's a great idea. And just give me some money, AMC, for my great idea. This is copyrighted. Yeah. 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 I'm, I mean... I know everyone's going to be walking into walls because we're going to look at this phone, but everyone's always looking at their phone anyway. Right. Yeah. I don't think that idea is so incredibly far-fetched as to be, like, impossible to do. I think that... I, I think that the big push... I mean... I think the big pushback against it would be from a studio would be like, if there was a movie that was coming out, that was like a big event movie, like that had some big spoilerable moment and somebody went in on like the first night and, you know, well, this is why I say second phone and video. It would still be, it would still be select times where you could get a five minute clip from this time. But you could, but yeah, that's my, that's my plan to make it realistic. Any moment, not any moment. They have select like maybe two okay. times during the movie that you can do this and you can watch it when you leave, and that way, yeah, no, they wouldn't be able to give out the whole entire movie saved on their phone. Oh, it's okay. so easy to do that. Yeah, I already thought about the implications right. how this would work. You gotta be realistic yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. 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 No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And you can I only access it if you I bought the ticket. That run P thing. So this is yeah. This is this is this is basically just kind of iterating on top of the run P. Yeah. Right? Basically, yeah. Making it better. It's just controlled by yeah. the movie studios rather than some random guy that watches the movie. Right. Right. No, I I think it's a good idea because I'm like you, like especially if I'm going to see a longer movie. Now that. Going going back to what we were just talking about, that would be the one thing where I do say longer movies do frustrate me a bit, is because I too have the the bladder of a of a pregnant nine you know nine month pregnant woman. Um, it, it, I I have a very difficult time uh, holding holding my bladder for a whole movie um, to the point where I will usually plan it out like I won't drink anything, you know, yeah, like hours and hours before going to a movie, all that kind of stuff. You know, like I will. I will probably go and pee right when I get to the theater. And then when it's time for the, for the, you know, early um, kind of trailers to start, I'll probably be like, Oh, I'm just going to go again. You know, I don't, I don't really need to like really go, but I just want to just, you know, I always go on the fifth trailer. I run to the restroom leeway. Yeah. No, 
My yeah, no, no. So we're the same there. So I've complained I about this. It. I get it. I complained about this enough. My dad's talked about buying me something so I could just pee in my seat, like a catheter to, for the movie theater. Yeah, just get you. Oh, like people, people do that at uh, sporting events and things like that sometimes, or certain. Yeah, just, 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 just wear a catheter. Not gonna do that. I feel very comfortable to sit in the seat, just, <laughs> just pissing myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it, but you know, it's the thing you could do, certainly. But at least once I have a kid, if I take I could use her as an excuse if something goes wrong with the catheter, it's like, oh my kid beat on me. Oh no. But yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right now I don't have any yeah, excuses. No, right, right. You will you will very quickly find all of the convenient ways to use your child as a scapegoat oh, yeah. for your personal shortcut. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alright, so now we're going to go into entertainment news. This is actual stuff that's going on right now. Uh, one of them is uh, Vince Vaughn has announced that he is returning for a Dodgeball sequel. Do you care about this? I saw this. You know, I, I, I do for some reason. You do? Okay, I thought this was a sequel I mean, no one was asking for, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, okay. Depends on what you mean by do I care about this? Do I care about it? Like, am I, am I going to be following, you know, message boards and magazines and <laughs> fan and, and theories things, you know, for for new yeah fan theories for Dodgeball two? No, not no, not at all. But when something like if if that movie gets made and comes out, would I go and see Dodgeball? Yeah, yeah, because because it's because it's a funny mo- and and it's a throwback to a time of 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 just. A, a, a different era of comedies that I just appreciated, I guess, more than a lot of the comedies now. And and so I would feel compelled to want to try to support that, I guess. I don't, for know? me, there, there was one character... I, I didn't really care for Dodgeball that much. There was one character that stood out to me, and, and that was Rip Torn. Rip Torn's dead. Oh. So I feel yeah. like if you don't have Rip yeah. Torn, you don't have this movie. Did he die in that movie? I can't remember. Because then it might have not even mattered. I, I barely did, remember that movie. I, I I don't remember. They'll just they'll just use the uh, you know Mandalorian Luke Skywalker. They can do that. Five Harrison Ford. You know. I feel like Stephen Stephen Root could also play him a little bit. The guy who played Bill. Stephen Root can can play just about anybody. Yeah, yeah. he's got a little yeah. rip torn thing to him. I can see that. Yeah. 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 He could pull it off. Here's something I'm I'm really upset about, and I'm probably the only person left, especially in my age demographic, that is upset about this is Netflix has announced that they will stop sending DVDs in the mail come September. I still subscribe. I still okay. get the DVDs. And I am so sad about this. I've been dreading this for years. Do you even did you even know they still did that? Okay. <laughs> this is this is actually really funny. I learned about this on your Facebook <laughs> the other day. <laughs> you posted about it on Facebook saying, I still subscribe to this. Oh, this sucks. Or, you know, whatever you said. And that's how I learned about it. That is how I learned, one, Netflix still sent DVDs, and two, that they were stopping sending DVDs. So I learned both of those things from your Facebook on that day. I've rented... I, a lot of people stopped doing it because they... Uh, They'd hold on to the DVD and then they, you know, they just have the same DVD for months on end. And why are they, are they paying for it? Yeah. Especially when a lot of right. stuff is on streaming. 
I'm very good. I usually send out my DVD once a week, get something else in there. And you, I got stuff. I didn't have to have all the streaming services because I could get the shows for a long time until there was a good deal on Paramount+. Plus. I was getting all my Star Trek shows yeah. through DVDs, and I didn't have to have that. I watched Outlander on DVD through that. I watched movies that aren't on streaming through that. Like, they have a really good selection. Yeah. I am very sad. And everyone's yeah. going, like, old people that just don't get streaming. No! It's because I don't want to have to pay for every little rental of every little DVD that I want or streaming thing that's not always on streaming. There's a lot of stuff that's not on streaming yep. yet. You know, it's it's it's, it's a, a travesty. And a uh, us physical copy people need some respect. No, I actually... I mean, it does get cost prohibitive at times, but I actually try to have physical copies of media whenever i can yeah i mean i i completely agree you know if it's if it's a film that i really enjoyed or liked i'm probably gonna buy it on at least blu-ray if not like the 4k or whatever yeah. like especially if it's a film that actually you care about how it looks if it's just like a, a, a comedy or a drama or something i'll just get a blu-ray but for like a big fantasy or sci-fi movie i'll absolutely buy the fanciest version available because I totally agree, having having physical media is always better. You never know when they're going to pull something off streaming, even if you quote unquote own it. Yeah, um, it's always possible. Well, it's like uh, you know, uh, sometimes I like to go through and watch all the Bond movies, and those things go yeah. on and off streaming all the time. Oh yeah, I was literally yeah. I was watching uh, watching one of them on streaming the other day, and I paused it because I just was, was tired. The next day, I went to go watch it, and they pulled it off of streaming, so I had to continue from the DVD. <laughs> oh. Oh wow! So it like, even let you continue. No, I couldn't continue. Wow. So it's like, yeah, I, I like, I still have a lot of DVD, not as much as I used to. I got rid of a lot of the ones that were like, yeah, this was fun, but do I need a physical copy? Can I have some of that space? Uh, yeah, so I got rid of some of that yeah. stuff, but the essentials I still have, and I'm very sad that yeah. Netflix do- bad move. Netflix, all those hundreds of DVD, all those tens of hundreds, maybe five people that still have DVDs care. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm interested. I'm not sure if this is going to work. They're going to do an X-Files reboot made by Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther. Yeah, Are you a fan of the X-Files that. franchise? Or do you have any interest in this? You know, um, X-Files, X-Files kind of missed me, honestly. Really? When I was, when I was of the eight. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not really sure why. To be honest, because because it seems like the kind of thing that I would have. It does. I just liked. I just assumed you liked X Files. No, no, it it um, it, yeah, that one just kind of missed me. I don't know what to say. I think I like Ryan Cooler a lot. I think he's a really good director. I think this will be interesting. Yeah. I think I don't, I don't know. I'm I, I'm conflicted on the fact that X Files was was like there's so many paranormal shows out there that you can watch. X Files was built right. on. Mulder being the guy who believed and Scully being the skeptic and kind of going with that. Once they got past those two agents, the show wasn't that good anymore. So it makes me wonder, Mm. are they going to do a reboot in the same world? And if they do that, is it going to be as interesting? Because by the end of that show, that mythology on that show was so messed up. It's like they didn't really plan on it. So there was like contradictions on top of each other. And by the end, the only episodes that are really good were the ones that were like one and done episodes. Every mythology episode was just messed up. But do we want them to try to stick in that world and make it work or to start all over again? And then is it really even X-Files in anything but name? Yeah. I mean, I was reading some reactions online to this. And like I said, you know, I don't I don't have a huge knowledge of the show. But but 
I know about it well enough to know that, of course, the leads are, are very well loved by the fan base. I mean, it almost does kind of seem to me like they would be running into that problem of if we're going to do a show and we're going to call it X-Files, but we're not going to have, you know, David Duchovny, and, you know, like we're not going to have those people playing their parts. It's going to be someone else playing those parts or just someone else playing a totally new character, but calling it the X-Files, I think you're going to run into a lot of the problems that people did when they rebooted Ghostbusters with all new people or when they did, you know, just think of, think of any franchise that's, that's tried to take a, a known loved franchise and just completely swap out everything about it and then try to pass it off. Like, I think that that's a hard problem yeah. to overcome. I'm not saying impossible. No, and I, even like sometimes when they've done that, it, my thing is I don't consider it the same thing. Like, I actually am a big fan of the movie Solo. Was it Solo? Yeah, the Han Solo movie. Was it called Solo? Oh, yeah. It's, I really yeah. like that movie. I don't consider that the same character as the one right. Harrison Ford played because it doesn't feel right. like the same thing. And I feel like that's the best that they're going to get if they try to do this. They can make a great show. It's not going to be the X-Files. It's going to be an X-Files show. It's the best I can do with it. But we'll, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. It's possible to be good. I just, I just uh, it's weird to just do something that in my name, in my view is going to be a name only, but that's what grabs people nowadays. I mean, name recognition, they they're desperate. Over. Yeah. They have to win people over. 100%. Sure. Yeah. I, like a lot of people said you're sexist. If you didn't like the Ghostbusters movie, that they made with the, the all-female cast. Mm-hmm. I gave that movie a try. My problem was the writing. It wasn't, wasn't anything to do with, like, oh, they made women be Ghostbusters or anything like that. Right. Same thing, like, I didn't really right. like the new Ghostbusters either, which kind of connected. It has to do with the writing. It has nothing to do with that thing. If you make a quality product, I don't care who's going to be casting. I think, like, Correct. like James Bond, uh, if you haven't seen the newest one yet, he died in the newest movie. Spoiler. Oh. Uh it was so good. Oh, I loved it. I cried. Yeah, I am cool with them making, if they want to recast James Bond to be completely different than he was before, I'm cool with that because they're starting a new story. I'm just not going to f- picture it as part of the official franchise that I watch because it's a whole new thing. But I'm willing to give it a try. That's the same thing with any of these things. As long as you make a quality sure. product, I'm going to give it a try at least. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the same. I, yeah, like, for you, it'll be what they're doing with James Bond right now. For me, it's like, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings, you know, Amazon show. Um, that would be the example that's relevant to me. You Which, know, I, like, by the way, I wanted to have you on to talk about that, but I watched it like six months after it came out. But yeah. when the second season comes out, we can talk about that. Okay. Uh, sorry, you were about to say a point before I interrupted you. No, no, no. All right, let's do one more article and then we'll go, go into the last segment because we're running a little bit long for the time I have. Uh. They are going to make a Galaxy Quest TV series on Paramount+. Plus. What do you think mm-hmm. about this? Okay, this one I do have some thoughts on, certainly. Galaxy Quest is, is one of my most beloved it's a great movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Galaxy Quest and Spaceballs both, both hold, like, a very special place in my heart, you know, um, as, as kind of send-off, you know, parodies of like two of my favorite franchises you know when i was a little um, kid different 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 energies but you know kind of just you know when i was a little um, kid uh we didn't have a new hope we had uh empire strikes back and return of the jedi and i thought space balls was part of the trilogy <laughs> perfect because kids kids, kids, are, kids are dumb it just made sense to it, me oh i love it 
that's that's actually that's actually a really funny like alternate canon to, <laughs> to, to, to try to dissect um no I, man this one is is really 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 tough because it's one of those things where i love galaxy quest if you say to me tyler we're gonna give you more galaxy quest stuff it's hard for me to not just go, oh, gosh, my heart, I'm so excited, this is wonderful. It's hard for me to, to, to turn that down. At the same time, it's also hard for me knowing that there won't be Alan Rickman. He's the star of the movie, in my opinion. He's, what's, yeah. he's what makes it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard for me knowing, like, Alan Rickman won't be there. Um, and, like, even, even Quillick right his little the like the like little alien guy who like idolizes him and at the very end he ends up dying and alan rickman like says bye grandpa's yeah you shall be a bit you know like even he dies so like he like he couldn't even come back as like oh i'm coming in you know to avenge you know like even 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 his protege character died so and then alan rickman's dead in real life man i uh I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm kind of saying, Bo. I would be so. I would be so happy if something cool came out of it, but it would, it would, it would, it would be like, honestly, Carl. It would be like if the Picard show came out, and forget seasons one and two, but they were going to do Picard season three, which was basically a TNG reunion, and let's just say that you know, Brent Spiner or, or Marina Sirtis or Jonathan Frakes was no longer with us. Yeah. Right. And they said, okay, we're doing Picard season three. It's a, it's a next gen reunion. Would you be able to be completely excited about that? I wouldn't, there'd be a huge part of my it, heart that would just be like, oh, that, 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 that character's not there, not because of the story, but because the actor's dead and yeah. it breaks my heart. Yeah, I feel like it would definitely be the closest one would be Jonathan Frakes, the second in command, the second, the, the heart of the whole show, I think, was kind of riding on him. Same thing with Alan Rickman. I think they're yeah. second there. It, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Also, I'm not a Tim Allen fan. I think that's one of the few times that Tim Allen works is like that and Toy Story. So I can't, I can't yeah. really get excited for something for him. I'm not sure if he's going to be in the TV version or not, but I can't get too excited for Tim Allen. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's really good in that part, you know. Yeah. It's 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 just it's just very well suited for him, you know. Um, I mean, it could be a thing. Like I I for a long time avoided watching the Orville because I don't like Seth MacFarlane, but then when I actually yeah. watched it, it's actually a fucking great show. And maybe this thing There's could surprise me too. Orville. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, who knows? I, I'll probably at least give it a shot. I love space shows, so I'll give it a shot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's, that's the entertainment news. Uh, let's finish off the show uh, with, I want to talk about, like we just kind of got into a little bit, mm-hmm. Picard season three, or just Picard and Hull. Yeah. And then we can also just yeah. talk about a little bit what we think about New Trek. So what did you think? You are the person I know probably most of my life that is, that loves TNG, Star Trek The Next yep. Generation the most. So what did you think about this show? Man. Yeah. Um. Star Trek TNG is is my favorite television show of all time. I I I would be shocked if anything were to ever supplant it. You know, just because of what it meant to me as a kid. Yeah. Um it it 
it just has a place in my heart. All those characters feel like family to me. I love everything about it, you know, and, um, you know, honestly, when Picard was announced, I was just so excited because it had been so long since we'd seen those characters. I mean, the films, um, you know, there were, there were some things to, you know, some people enjoyed certain of the films and didn't enjoy some of the others. I, you know, I'm one of the people that, you know, I really like first contact, you know, um, I, I, I don't hate all of the movies as much as a lot of Star Trek fans. Do. I actually like Nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I think a lot of them have some merit and I, and I, and I try to, to, I, I try not to hate the things that I love if it's possible. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> if it's, if it's possible. So yeah. Uh, but, but let's just say the cast of TNG didn't get the, the, the proper send off that they deserved with the films. That's a, no. that, that's a fair statement. Certainly. 100%. And, yeah. Yeah. And the finale of the series TNG was the, the greatest series finale conceivable i mean you, you you can't end a show better than they ended that show and then the movies just kind of happened and then nothing and so they announced the card and i was really 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 i mean it was the most excited i've ever been for a new television show ever by a lot you know and um and it came out and 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 you know what yeah like there was a lot of stuff in season one and season two that was like huh i what mm, okay i i don't necessarily get why john luke picard is doing this now or talking like this or doing that or why they're making this choice or that choice or why this you know there it was it was just very uneven and pretty sloppy but but my other example for this would be like uh the hobbit films by peter jackson Mm. overall do i think that 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 those three films are as good as the Lord of the Rings, not by even a tiny percentage, but there are some things about them that I love so much that it, that it, that it makes me appreciate them anyway. It, right. And so the first two seasons of Picard are like that, right. They had moments and episodes. I don't think there's such them. thing. I've watched every episode of every Star Trek show that exists. I don't think there's such thing as a bad Star Trek show, but Picard season one or two and two were the worst Star Trek shows. Uh, yeah I, so the episode where picard got to go down to um i believe it was called nepenthe and got to be reunited with Riker and troy and their that daughter that was great see like that was that was phenomenal i mean i was i was sobbing like a baby on the on the couch right like there were there were moments some of the moments with data in the first season um some of them didn't make a lot of sense, but some of the moments with Data were really great. I'll admit, by the end of the show, I am confused on Data's whole story. Yeah. It got very confusing. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the parts of season one and two of Picard that worked, quite honestly, were the parts that were nostalgia-driven. Yes. <clears throat> the parts of season one and two that worked were the parts that actually tapped into why people wanted to watch Picard in the first place, to see Jean-Luc Picard, and hopefully as many of our other friends and beloved characters as possible interact with each other. Yeah, I think that's something, I feel like that's something they didn't get. Like, I don't 
hate all the new characters, but I also just didn't. Mm-hmm. They felt like they were in the way. I do have to say that I think think like the only character that really carried over into the last season was Raffi, and yeah. I did not like Raffi in season one or two. I think they fixed her in season three. Every time she they called, did. every time she called Picard JL, I cringed. Like, uh, but and it's nothing against her. It's she got she was given terrible dialogue, and I think they yeah. finally fixed her in the last season. And I think a lot of things, just the old, writing overall, not just the fact that they actually gave us what we wanted with the whole reason we watched her watching the show. I think the writing in the last season is just better too. Oh, is miles miles better. I mean. I think they just they just finally realized, you know, you can still have some newer, you know, like you can you can put Raffi with some of the other crew, you know, you can have seven of nine in there, you know, even though she's from Voyagers, she's not from TNG. Everybody loves seven, right? She's one of my favorite Trek characters. You can have seven with everybody else. We we, we love seven. Put her in there. We don't care. You can have you can introduce. I mean, gosh, uh, freaking um, Shaw. Captain Shaw, like he's he's one of the best new Trek characters. I and, love Shaw, and, and and Todd Stashwick needs to get a show somehow. Like that needs to happen. He, you know, Shaw needs to come back somehow. Um, and and man, I, I mean, was, they brought I was, Spock back from Mars. Terry Metalis, that they were saying they had an idea, like like if if this kind of Star Trek legacy show that, the, I mean, like that, that probably wouldn't actually be the name, but that's yeah. what they're kind of calling it in general. But if Star Trek legacy were to happen, <clears throat> excuse me, they were saying that they, they, they think they have a way that Shaw could be involved. So, because he was, he was just, there's what a, a wonderful addition. There's a scene in, uh, in the season of Picard that I've watched probably like six or seven times uh, with Todd Stashwick. And I think it's they never established anything. Like, the, the closest they got was the first episode of Deep Space Nine with Avery Brooks. But this is done better uh, with Todd Stashwick, which is Picard in Next Generation was turned into a villain for a little bit. He was Locutus of Borg, and he fucked yep. people up. And people seem to, like, for the most part, seem to just go, like, oh, he's Picard still after he comes back. And like, we love Picard. Right. But Todd Stashwick's character, and it's not just him, it's also the writing, has this confrontation with him about the trauma he went to when he was on the opposite side of him on a ship that got destroyed by him. And the the PTSD, the shaking of his mm-hmm. hand, the way he just bangs the table and gets really frustrated. Uh, so amazing, so moving. And not the kind of acting you would expect from a Star Trek show. Star Trek's usually no. a little bit lighter than that. And that was, yeah. I saw people that did have PTSD, that did serve in war, talking about this online and saying how real it was for them to see how great it was to be represented. The acting in the show is award worthy. I think it's going to be a lot of people aren't going to notice it because it's Trek. Yeah. Yeah. That, that particular scene where Shaw is talking about, uh, the battle of, uh, Wolf, Wolf, Wolf three, three, five, five nine. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, was, was just a, was just a master class. I mean, what a monologue. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, I as, clocked as, it. like, former, like, theater actors, you and I, we can just both be like, oh, what a monologue, you know? Um, man, just like a big, meaty, like, two-page, you know, 90-second or whatever monologue. That was fantastic. But, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a much more grounded energy to bring to Trek, but it didn't feel it didn't feel necessarily out of place. I mean, the season still 
had and like don't get me wrong i'm i'm certainly not a prude for language or anything it doesn't necessarily really bother me but you know the show still had cursing and stuff like that which always feels to me and i think a lot of trek fans people who who certainly have no problem with whatever language you want to use but a lot of trek fans just get kind of turned off when all of a sudden picard or whoever else starts throwing out swear words because it just feels like it doesn't fit in that universe um I get that they're trying to make it more modern and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Something about it personally to me, it just, it just always makes it feel less Trek to me. Um, so, so, I mean, that would be maybe like my, my one critique, but I don't, I don't mean to be all like botanical about it. It just, it just makes it feel less like Star Trek, honestly. No, Um, I should. So, but it was, it was, it was, it was, it was great. Just the whole season. I mean, every, almost every single episode, after that, the whole run of this season, I was just sitting on the couch or in a chair or whatever. I was just sitting there just like, just like yeah, taking same. a breath and like finding myself like wiping a, you know, wiping a bit of a tear off the bottom of my hand. And just like, I had to sit there for a couple minutes and just like absorb what I was seeing every time because what, it was just so impactful. What I loved is, okay, so they brought back the, the major cast of Next Generation. People yeah. would go like, okay, they can just coast on that. But those characters had character development. They weren't just... Riker wasn't showing up as just himself. He was showing up as a broken man. Worf yep. had developed into like a, almost a philosopher. Data mm-hmm. finally can finish his journey of what he's been working for since the very first episode of Next Generation. Like These characters weren't just returning to just be like, hey, I'm here. They, had a, mm-hmm. they finished their arcs. They became something yeah. more. Yeah, I mean, they, they fleshed out and developed so many things that I didn't even know needed to be fleshed out and developed. I mean, Picard finally got to have that moment with Ro Laren of why did you betray me? Yes, that was great. Um, I mean, I, I mean, Spot the Cat saved the universe, essentially. Yeah. Think about it. Spot the Cat was, was responsible for Data living and saving basically everything. If you if you kind of look at how that episode went down, um, like Dana's memory of his cat from TNG, <laughs> like kept him alive. Like that's amazing. What a what a what an incredible throwback. Um, all of all of the characters got so much. You know, Counselor Troy wasn't uh, you know just like this inept airhead who who can't fly a ship anymore. And oh, like I'm, I'm she had one of the best moments. She was awesome. You know, Beverly Crusher is, is just, just sitting there at, you know, Worf's tactical station, just like yeah. blowing up boards left say, and right. And everyone's looking at her like, what the heck? And she's like, what? A lot happened in the last 20 years. You I've know? never, awesome now. I've never been a Crusher fan. I've, I've kind of been always a Crusher hater. She was great on this. She and, was, she was fantastic in this season. And they yeah. did, they did something that I usually hate in things. Like I, I, I was a big fan of the Brendan Fraser first mummy movie. And then the second mummy movie, they gave him a kid and suddenly he it wasn't as interesting anymore. Lots of movies think, oh, we got to bring in a kid and always ruin things. I'm bringing a kid yeah. into, my, into my own life. Always ruins things. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but they brought in Jean-Luc Picard has a son. And yeah. I was worried. And that that new character was fantastic. And I was yeah. worried, especially because he started giving him powers. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this. Yeah. And it all made sense. It was all so well put together that everything even you yeah. thought was ridiculous worked. It's my favorite yeah. track. It really was. 
I, I was surprised yeah. I liked it as much as I did. Yeah, I mean, the way that they... Now, obviously, anything with Star Trek, there's there's a huge level of just made-up techno-babble, yes. you know? So you have to suspend your disbelief massively. But the way that they worked in the, you know, the, the Borg or subtly, you know, just very subtly rewriting people's, like, DNA through the transporters, and it's, and it's, and it's only, ha- you know, it's happening to the younger generation because of this and this and this reason, so the older people aren't affected, so aka you know the old tng crew it doesn't affect them but all the young kids you know they all man it was it was so well thought out and you could see where where yeah they were doing this and that because it it made kind of the plot work but it made sense it didn't seem ham-fisted it seemed like a really ingenious um plot by the board ultimately and and it it you know, and the changelings and it very, very, very nearly ended up doing what they sought out to do. I mean, you know, they had essentially taken over the entirety of Starfleet. Yeah, no, it was, crazy. it was shocking. And speaking as like you said, uh, next generation is your favorite show of all time. Well, not my favorite show of all time. My favorite Trek show before season three of Picard was deep space nine, which I think is also the, probably the least mm. watched Trek show. The fact that they trusted what the audience that? enough to, uh, Incorporate a storyline with the Changelings, which is very heavily just Deep Space Nine. Yeah, was oh, crazy yeah. to me. I never expected that, and the th- they threw that in yeah. there. I loved it so much. I w- I wish Renee. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Abijornas. I don't know how to say his. But the guy who played Odo in Deep Abba. Space Nine. Abba I Abba. wish he was still alive because I yeah. bet he would have been essential in this. You could feel his, his, yeah. the lack of his presence. That's the presence I felt was lacking in this. Was him, but everything else, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it, it really, really, really would have been would have been wonderful if Odo could have could have been there for this. Um, and it really would have been wonderful if Chief O'Brien could have could have been around for. That would have been nice. He yeah he's and he's, he's like, more Deep Space Nine than Next Generation, but he was on the very first yeah, episode of Next Generation. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like I, I personally, I I kind of felt like he was a big enough character, and he's still like you know a modern, currently working actor. Yeah. That, that's one that I'm just like, man, I wish they could have gotten Call Meany to, to come and that do something. Also, Especially it... since they revealed that so much of it had to do with the transporters, yeah. right? So much of the problem with the Borg had to do with the transporters. What if they discovered that and then they ended up getting O'Brien to come and help fix it? How cool would that have been? That would have been know, cool. Be. And I just realized, uh, so Call Meany was on a show I liked a lot, uh, Chief O'Brien, called Hell on Wheels. And the lead on that show is now the lead in Strange New Worlds, Captain Christopher Pike. Anson Mount, so like they're all connected. It's yeah. all great. Yeah. Uh, that reminds. So we both love Picard. I got very little time left, so I just want to go very quickly. Yeah. What are your thoughts on modern Trek? Like all the new Paramount Plus shows. Do you like it? Are you bugged by it? What do you? How do you feel? I'm. I I have I have split opinions on. Okay. It, right. Um. I I enjoy certain aspects of Discovery. Um. Overall, I'm I'm lukewarm to lukewarm negative i love the first two seasons i think once they jumped really far in the future i don't like it as much i still watch it but it's kind of not it's too dramatic now yeah yeah um i'm i'm not the hugest fan of 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 just the whole like i don't know i just i don't connect with a lot of the characters i love saru um saru's great a, 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 a fantastic character um 
I don't know. I mean, uh, when Michelle, uh, yeah, I was on, on a, she was, she was great. Um, you know, uh, Captain Lorca in the first season, uh, I thought was really great. Um, I think Michael Burnham's a cool character. Uh, and I think she does a lot, a lot with it, but uh, I think she was, yeah. I, I think know. she, I think the, my biggest problem with that show is like the first two seasons, they were different than older Trek, but I still felt like it was very much in the same vein where once it went to yeah. the future, uh, it got very, it got really overly dramatic in both ways. Like they get over, they cry a lot happily or they cry a lot because things are down. It's just a yeah. lot of like, I'm, I'm cool with emotions, but every little right. thing seems to be setting these people off and it's not fun anymore. Right. right. Like right. even, yeah, it, even Picard season three had a very dark storyline, but then they throw in Worf doing like something very funny in there to kind of break the ice. Right. And Discovery seems to have forgot they got to have some levity in there in the later right. seasons. Right. And I will make it a threesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's um, yeah. I mean, Discovery again. Um, I could, I could kind of take it or leave it. You know, uh, I, I really, really liked the first season of Strange New Worlds. That it's um, so good. I thought, I thought Strange New Worlds was was really, really, really well done. I'm really looking forward to it coming back soon. Here, I am surprised that they cast um, a guy who who does such a good job of Spock. Because I think that's a hard role to take in, and I think the new Spock is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he does. He does a really, really good job with it. I mean, that's similar to you. You you mentioned Solo, a Star Wars story earlier. Similar to how you know Aaron Aldenreich did such a such a good job as Harrison Ford as Han Solo in that movie. You know, I think uh, what's his name, uh, Ethan Peck. I think yeah, his name. Ethan Peck. Um, he he does a really great job of Spock as well, and it's like people are willing to accept it because the actor is 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 up to the task. I think you know? like I think Quinto looked like Spock, but didn't have the energy. I think this guy okay. doesn't look quite as much uh, like Leonard Nimoy, but does the the role better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree, and, and you know, I think that the lower deck show. I didn't really get into it right at first. Um, I mean, there's there's just so much stuff to watch these days, you know, and and, and only so much time exists. But it, it it wasn't something that I necessarily like went and watched right when it came out. But when I finally did decide to go get it into it, I was just like, oh, okay, like I see what they're doing here. And um, I don't know. I I actually do think it's really really I, well done. I mean, I love I, Lower Decks. The, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a place for it in Star Trek. You know. Um, it's 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 a totally different take you know uh similarly to kind of like how we were talking about at the open right about how do we introduce kids to the to, yeah. the, to the things that we love right there's going to be some stuff that's going to have a more mature adult humor slant on things and there's going to be some stuff that's going to be more innocent carefree family friendly right lower decks is the more adult slanted you know part of track it's kind of and, rick and, and, and morty meets track it's rick and morty meets right. track but i actually like it more than rick and morty yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I think that uh, New Trek is going in a solid direction right now. I mean, Discovery's coming to an end. Yes. Strange, strange new worlds started off really well. We'll see if that can continue in season two. Picard ended on the highest conceivable high that it could have possibly ended, and um, Lower Decks is 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 really really good 
um, the Prodigy show. People seem to really enjoy it. I enjoy I've it. Been meaning to try to show that to my kids, actually, because because I've been waiting to watch it until I can watch it with them. Maybe it is, over the summer. Maybe I'll carve out some time. It is weird because they actually do sometimes reference it, Voyager, because there's like a hologram Janeway that's the main character, but then regular Janeway actually comes in, too. And oh, so like it's weird that every once in a while they will reference that show. It's like kids aren't going to know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. But then also sometimes it's a little kiddie because it is for kids, so it'll bug you a little yeah. bit. But it's still a great yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little nervous about this, this um, Star Trek Academy show that Alex Kurtzman just, yeah, just I, talked about recently. Um, just because... throw that away and do Legacy. Yeah, it... it it seems like it's the show that that nobody asked yeah. at all, right? Um, now they just announced a Section Thirty One movie. It was going to be out. a show. Like it was yeah, going to right, be a show, right. but I think since everything everywhere all at once was so big, like you can't hold Michelle yeah. Yao onto a TV show anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Academy show, I have a. I have a hard time being excited for that unless they come out with a synopsis or they, or they come out and say, this is what we're going for. This is some of our leads or, or here's a couple of the people playing some of the instructors, wink, wink, and a few names maybe that I, I mean, am, am hoping to see um, that could get me excited. But other than that, I'm not excited well, for it. Here's how boring the Starfleet only... Academy is, is that characters skip it. Uh, uh, Jack Crusher, skip the, yeah. <laughs> skip yeah. the Academy. Wesley yeah. Crusher, I guess Crusher, skip it. Wesley Crusher, skip the Academy. They don't want to go to, if they, if they can find a way to get around going to the Academy, the characters do. And now we're going to just have to go explore it. And I'm like, uh, doesn't yep. sound that great. Could yeah. be wrong though. Yeah. Could well, be wrong. I mean, you know, they said it in the episode. It's just nepotism. Yeah. It's, you know, nepotism babies get to skip it. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, I think it has, the Academy show has a, has a chance to be cool. I'm not saying that it'll just automatically no. be terrible. I'll give like, it a try. Like, it has Trek in the name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, don't get me wrong. If they said we're doing this Academy show and that's not going to impact us also doing Legacy, great. I mean, if you guys want to have two, three, four Star Wars shows. Star Trek. Um, Star Trek shows going on at the same time. Fantastic. Right? Like, uh, but, but if I had to choose between Academy or the potential legacy show with, you know, seven of nine and, you know, Jack Crusher and like, you know, off on the new enterprise, yeah. uh, G was it? Um, th I mean, I would take that show 100 times out of 100 times. Like well, I, yeah, I, I agree. wouldn't even want to see, I wouldn't even want to see the one time of, of, of the, the other show. Like, I wouldn't care enough to even see the possibility of what it could have been because this is all I would want. Agreed. All right, so I have to wrap this up now because I'm running a little late. So, but uh, do you have anything you want to plug before we go? Um, oh, and I just realized I did a whole pre-interview with you and never asked you about one thing you talked about. I'm uh, sorry. Oh, no, plug your fine. plug it's your fine. thing. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Um. So I have a uh, I have a friend uh, that I that I work with on some audiobook stuff. His name is Jordan Rennells. Uh, first name Jordan, J O R D A N, last name Rennells, R A N N E L L S. And if you go to his website, it's literally just jordanrennells.com or if you go on Facebook and you search for a long expected soundscape, you'll find a really cool project. And if you're into Lord of the Rings, I think that you would find it of interest. And I could explain it for a long time here, but, I, but I'll make it quick. Essentially, 
Jordan is a composer and what he's done and a, and a sound engineer, what he's done is he has written an entire new score and done sound effects for every single chapter of the Lord of the Rings books. So it's not a rescoring of the film. It's, it's literally chapter by chapter. What happens in the books is being scored to. So if you were to be sitting and reading the book, if you're on chapter six, you go to chapter six in the playlist and it'll have a company, you know, like accompaniment pertinent to what you're reading on the page playing for you at the time, including sound effects in the whole nine yards. Um, and I'm involved in this. Uh, I do a whole slew ton of voices and things. And I'm like, I'm the Balrog and Moria. I'm about 50,000 bajillion orcs and townsfolk. And uh, my girls play hobbits <laughs> at Bilbo's party. Um, I do a whole lot of Gollum. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm in it throughout most awesome. of the thing. And um, it's, a, it's a really cool project. Uh, Andy Serkis recently did some re-recordings of the Lord of the Rings audiobooks. They are phenomenal. So if you go on Audible, you can get Andy Serkis reading unabridged all three Lord of the Rings books and they are, and, and The Hobbit. And they're so amazingly good. Um, what Jordan's doing is, is uh, if you were to have Andy Serkis's audiobook playing, you could play Jordan's soundscape simultaneously and they would sync up perfectly. That's cool. So you could be listening to Andy Serkis read and you'd have a whole orchestral score and sound effects and everything that would be perfectly matched to it. It's a really, really cool experience. And if you're into Lord of the Rings and you like reading, I think you'd like to check it out. So those are the two places you can do it. All right. Awesome. Uh, send me a, send me the links to that and I'll try to post it on my Facebook page. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't have a whole lot of listeners. This is mostly a passion project. But uh, somebody might see it. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on today. Everyone else, uh, please like and subscribe. Go on your friend's phone or devices and like and subscribe on there. You know, it's helpful. I need more listeners. I used to have a lot of my old podcasts. I purged them all when I changed the name. So I I want them back. Uh, And just remember, if you want entertainment news two weeks late, listen to Unlicensed Entertainment. Have a good one. Bye. (laughs) Bye.